0: Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In both the gospel passage and the epistle reading I think there are some phrases that will stand out for us and perhaps at first glance would take us to misunderstand what was being said certainly as the gospel passage ends we hear go on your way your faith has made you well and that can get put on a Christian poster and preached in such a way that well if you're not getting well then you just don't have enough faith and somehow you're deficient and if you would just uh, cure your own deficiency then God would come through and heal you and I think we will see that that's a misrepresentation of what's going on and as Paul writes to Timothy the line that always gets plucked out Uh, and again often weaponized, is, well, if you deny Christ, he will deny you. And again, I think that misses the whole point of what Paul is trying to say as he emphasizes, well, if we're faithless, Christ is faithful, which is his point, but the takeaway can often be used as a weapon to say, again, it's our deficiency. That if we would just do everything right, uh, then that makes everything happen. All of our salvation is dependent upon us. Well, if that's our perspective, we've missed the Gospel, which says it's not about us. It's about what God has done and Jesus has done for us. And so as we look at this scene as ten lepers are cured, We're told that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, which is an important statement that happens throughout the Gospels, and it's a reminder to us about the focus Jesus has on his mission and ministry. Because on the way to Jerusalem is a reminder that he has not lost focus of the reason that he came, to go to Jerusalem to offer himself a ransom for many. And he knows that. And even in the midst of all of the other things going on in his ministry, the Gospel writers remind us Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He knows where he's going and he knows what he has to do. And all of his other ministry happens along the way, but without losing focus of the main work that he's come to do. And as he enters a village, ten men with a skin disease approach him Keeping their distance, they call out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. All they're able to do is cry out in prayer for the mercy and grace of God. And as we hear the the life of these these ten lepers, we have to, to remember the social outcasts and isolation that they lived with every single day. Apart from everyone else. Couldn't go near anybody, couldn't touch anybody, declaring themselves to be unclean so that others would stay away. They were certainly among the most marginalized and outcast people. And they cry out to Jesus, Have mercy on us. And as Jesus looks at them, he says, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And that may be uh, taken for granted by us, but we think certainly if they were healed, the Old Testament prescribes all sorts of things that you're supposed to do when cured of leprosy and the offerings that have to be made and show yourself to the priest and they will declare that you're clean. And so they ask for mercy and Jesus says, go and show yourselves. Now, I I hope you might scratch your, your head a little bit and say, well, what are they supposed to go and show? At this point, we're not told anything has happened. But are they supposed to go and show that they have leprosy? Go and show yourself to the priests. A declaration that Jesus knows what they have asked for will be accomplished. You want mercy, you have received it. Go and show yourselves. And it doesn't say that they argued, but if I was one of them, I would say, well, aren't you going to do something first? Don't we have to get healed first? We're missing a step. You just tell us to go. And striking, what does it say happened? And they went. And as they went, they were made clean. And right there seems to indicate all that they could do was be obedient to what Jesus had called them to do and that's really all that we have to offer as well is to simply respond to the call of Jesus and obediently to go even when on the outset of the journey it appears that there'd be no point nothing has happened and it is in their obedience that the completion of their healing takes place because we're told as they went They were made clean. They didn't say, well, this doesn't make sense. You know, that was the protest in the Old Testament reading. Well, I could have dipped myself in water close to home. Why do I got to go here? I thought the prophet would come out and do this fantastic ritual. And he's not doing that. This, This is too easy. It doesn't make sense. But they just go. And as they go, they were made clean. And so this first half of this Gospel passage seems to focus on that miraculous healing that Jesus does at the request of their mercy. And then we're told, one of them came back when he saw that he was healed. And as I hear this verse, every time I hear it, you have to wonder what that scene looks like as this one who lived with this disease and was outcast for years and years and years is going about their journey and realizes that they're healed realizes that God has done something in his life realizes that he has changed and transformed forever and that's so striking to me because that really speaks to our own process as we go about our life and then we finally recognize what God has been doing since we took the first step but oftentimes uh, God's work is so gradual that at first we don't perceive it until one day we realize something is radically different that's what this guy has done wait a minute my life is completely different now because of Jesus. And he goes back and praises God with a loud voice. He lays himself at Jesus' feet and thanks him. And we're told a key statement, and he was a Samaritan. Another outcast. That would lead us to believe that uh, the other nine were Jewish, and there was one Samaritan. And throughout the Gospels, we find that contrast between the Jewish people who had the benefit of the the Scriptures and the religious leaders who should have known that Jesus is who He says He is, recognize the signs of the Messiah, and they never get it. And then there's the outcasts, the Samaritans, that the Jews hate, and the Samaritans hate the Jews, and they're the ones who get it. They're the ones who figure out that Jesus is who he says he is. And Jesus asks, we're not ten made clean, so where are the other nine? And it makes sense to us when we hear it, but I would think, if I was one of them, I would say, well, Jesus didn't say come back, he just said go. Right? (laughs) They did what they were told. They received their healing, we're told they went, and we presume everybody showed themselves to the priests. They did exactly as they were instructed. But as Jesus says to this man, get up and go on your way, your faith has made you well. And again, I said this can always be misconstrued, and and people throw this at other people when they're not receiving the healing that they want, and somehow their faith is just deficient. But what faith did the guy have when he was actually healed? That happened earlier. It wasn't that he laid himself at Jesus' feet and recognized all of these things. He just did what Jesus said. And he had trusted and he was healed. But Jesus is now recognizing what I think is different in this man is that all ten were healed on the outside and as Jesus says go on your way your faith has made you well clearly this man has had a transformation also on the inside recognizing God's work in his life recognizing Jesus for who he says he is and it's in that internal transformation that we are made well which is different than any physical healing we may or may not receive. Because in recognizing who God is, in recognizing God's free gift of grace, we are changed and transformed and made well no matter what we face. And again, the good news of the Gospel is it's not dependent upon us. It's not something that we have to do the recipe right and if we screw it up, we're just out of luck. Because as Paul reminds Timothy even when we are faithless God is faithful because God can do no other. We should hang on to that each and every single day because if it's up to me to get it right I'm in big trouble. Each day is a new opportunity to learn that. I can't do it. There's no way. And thankfully we don't have to. So we give thanks to God as we're here for the work that God does for us, that freely He bestows His mercy, His love, and His grace upon all who would say yes. And all we have to do is receive, even when it doesn't make sense. And in doing so, we are made well. We are then united with God to dwell with Him for all eternity, with our sins forgiven, and with the assurance that we will be raised up on the last day. So let us then give thanks to God for what He has done for us, for what He continues to do, and for what He will do in the future. Because God is faithful. And in surrendering our life to Him, our faith makes us well. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to open the eyes of our heart. That we might come to recognize the many ways we have been healed and transformed. And may we return to your feet to give you thanks and praise. Draw us into your presence, Lord, that we may continually be changed into your image and likeness. And may our lives be lived to your honor and glory. And we make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.